Today we're talking about prepping for uh, the first event. So you're going to your first event um, yeah. in two weeks. And today we're just going to talk about that. Like, yeah. uh, Really like a week. Oh, yeah. It's about a week out. Yeah. It's a week from tomorrow. Shit. So we're almost, it's upon us. Knowing you're going to this first event, like, what are some things you have questions about? What are things you have ideas about, but want more information about? Like, hit me with it. Um, so one of the things I like a lot is that the the pools, I was able to look at them and see the pools. I guess that's the normal. Yeah. Or so you've told me, which is really nice. It kind of let me, one, we've played one of them already, and we're going to play the other one tomorrow. So I'm yeah. hyped for that. Yeah, that's. I think that's uh, very important for uh, competitive play because uh, time is sort of a problem, especially with certain stores. You know, like Malifaux is sort of a like it's not even like a on the radar in terms of games that make money for stores. So, like a lot of events are on Sundays or blah 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 blah, blah uh, such that you know events can be pretty stacked in terms of like you only have a two hour uh, rounds, two hours, fifteens, no break. Um, yeah, but usually Malifaux has a decent lunch break, which is a benefit it has over War Machine. Like that's one thing that was exhausting about War Machine is every there's usually no lunch break, usually stacked back to back because you got to hammer out like four rounds usually. Yeah, at least in Malifaux you usually get a lunch break, and we probably won't even have eight players. Um, at this Hope event, hopefully, so that we get eight like people said they were going. Oh, really? I think Ten people said they were going. Oh shit. That would be awesome. Which means it'd be cool if, you know. Yeah, if we get like points for it for USFT and stuff. That'd be sick. I didn't, I thought it would be like six or something. I want like a point. I mean, the best part about the system is it just awards you going to stuff. Like your placement obviously matters, but just going to stuff is more important than doing well. Yeah. And I mean, that's a good system. You just want people to come out, play, have fun. Yeah. Like other. Other tabletop games, the only way to qualify for any sort of it's like just straight uh, up end of the year event, yeah, you have to win a convention, not even like a regional event. It's like you have to go to a con and win it, which is a pretty high bar. Yeah, at least the system rewards local players to some degree. You know, people who can't travel, mm-hmm. which was me and my entire sort of War Machine stint. Uh, you know, I was in grad school, so I and I lived here in South Florida, which in the nearest convention was there was one in Orlando every year, but the closest one outside of that is you know like twelve hour drive at least. Like, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's insane. At least with this, you know, just play as long as you get an event, eight eight or more players, you're you're scoring points, which is dope. Let the listeners know what you're interested in in terms of like you're playing Neverborn, and you has started the way most people start, which I think is you pick something that you really like and you're like, oh, I really like that too. And I really like that. And I really like that, you know? So you're like half into Neverborn. Yeah. And what crews do you have now? I have a lot, actually. I have uh, Dreamer, Pandora, Lucius, Titania. Damn. Like everything, basically. Yeah, that's more than I thought. The three rounds we're playing, we're playing an Idols round, we're playing a Plant round, and we're playing a Reckoning round. Yeah. And I think the so the deployments are super important. So the idols one is flank. No, it's corner. So corner idols, 
from that, it makes me think, you know, you need a lot of movement. You need a lot of, you need to spread out a lot. Mm-hmm. The second one is flank plant, right? Um, I actually have it right here. Let me pull it up. Yeah, flank plant. Yeah, so that's another one where you had to spread out a lot and you covered the whole board uh, so you could put the bombs in all the little corners. And then the third one, I think, is... That's wedge reckoning. reckoning. So that's the exact opposite. And, like, most of the game is going to take place in the center. So knowing those three things, yeah. like, what do you have tentatively planned for those three rounds? So... At first, I was thinking I was going to have three lists, and then we talked about it, and I realized I needed to, like, cut it down, basically. Mm-hmm. So now I'm basically on a th- route. What was your first take, though? Like My first take before talking about it, I was going to do, I think round one, I was going to do Dreamer, which is the Corrupted Idols, just because I can summon things and, you know, contest things. I can basically shoot guys at you. Yeah. And hold up is in that pool, which is like free points for summoners. That was definitely like I was locked in on that. And then I was on plan. I was thinking about playing Lucius, but I was going to play him just because I played him in plan. He's good in plan. But then thinking about the time aspect, this is when I started to change my mind. Yeah. And I was and I switched. I, I think I'm just going to play Dreamer in plants because I I feel like he'll be fine. So I'm really stick really yeah. sticking to dreamer mostly and then round three is reckoning i don't know i might just play dreamer but i am bringing a backup of pandora just because i like her only problem is i'm not going to get a game in with her probably before i go probably not which would be kind of a struggle because i feel like uh just my surface analysis of what pandora is again i'm not not an evermore player just someone who's played her is that she's she's sort of a snowbally master and that if you can get the whole all of your auras on the enemy models and they're discarding all these cards they're covered in conditions their ap efficiency is just completely out the window then you've won the game or you can get completely smashed before you get anything set up and then you've obviously lost the game so I think she's maybe one of a, a more difficult one to get yeah. started with. and Yeah. But I understand your concern, which is you don't really want to play a summoner in Reckoning. You're just bringing free points. I think, I don't know. I've read her card. I've always liked her since first, like the first edition of Malifaux. And I've been reading her card and her stuff. And I've I read, like, written a rough list. And I just feel like... Again, it depends what I end up playing against. Like none of these lists are set in stone; they yeah. can change drastically based on the faction the person's playing. Probably not the faction, but because I'm probably going to pick the same masters unless there's like a big, you know. Yeah, well, we could talk about that here in a bit. But yeah, I think you have the right strategy in in just trying to treat your first tournament as uh, an exercise for Dreamer because. Yeah, and I'm glad I picked him. He seems the most versatile. He can summon things. He can, so I. A lot of his his summons are very different in what they do. Yeah, he's very versatile and he's very powerful, and I think as long as you don't get Dreamer killed early, you're still in most games. That yeah, that's my biggest fear of overextending with him because yeah. the last game we played, I definitely overextended with him. 
like Chompy can go down turn two, and I think you're still in that game. Like you're still fine. Um, yeah. As long as Dreamer doesn't, you know, get dumpstered very early, I think you can play shovel pretty well with him. Um, you know, get out of some bad situations just with the the quality of your summons and like stitch together, just ignoring stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just ignoring certain things. And that's also an important aspect when you're when you're first starting off is like. Like I've seen a lot of newer players to Malifaux get fixated on reading the opponent cards because they don't want to get caught by something, right? They'll be um, thinking, you know, like where's that, yeah. you know, where's that defensive tech that's going to screw me, and I'm going to lose the whole game based off that. And they'll spend a lot of time reading cards, and they'll obviously never finish the game, or they'll get in a situation of analysis paralysis, and they'll think too much about the decision, and they won't just go with their instincts, you know, going with their gut feeling, which is probably right to begin with. Yeah, you could definitely sometimes trick yourself out of making the right decision. Yeah, so I think stitched are a good shortcut for that because <laughs> you're just you're not you're not playing by the rules, you know. Yeah, they kind of like, just do their you got own. incorporeal. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a tactical action. You ignore concealment because it's a tactical action. You know, you don't have to worry about them having some sort of weird plus flip. That's something I feel like I. In our game, I I got you with that. The concealment thing. Yeah, the no concealment and. Well, you, you got the, me with the incorporeal. I I, yeah, I knew about the concealment. I did not think about the incorporeal thing. I just I don't know how I've I've I did that attack knowing that, but I didn't just from reading the cards, just like reading it and just like oh attack action like that somehow just clicked with me. Yeah. And then I was like oh this is not an attack action. This is insane. Like. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good model to sort of branch that you know, initial hurdle of like feeling like you attacked the wrong model and lost because of it. Uh, because there are, there are a lot of hurdles. So before we, here are some hurdles, I think for initial, like first time tournaments, one is obviously time, right? Absolutely. That's my biggest fear. Not, not being, being like the sole reason why we don't get yep so far into the game. Like that's, I'd rather like play at a decent pace and make some mistakes and just sit there and well, ruin someone else's game that's all you need i mean all you need is the right attitude for that one right yeah you know i'm here to learn i'm here to get better and i'm here to make moves quick and learn from them and that's that's how you win games <laughs> yeah even myself being someone i i do like to win i like to be competitive i, I want to win even still like you're i'm gonna lose i'm probably gonna lose like to something or lose a trade even not the game not even if i win or lose the game i'll lose where I'll learn from some sort of mistake, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's the winner mentality, though. You know, you got to lose to win. I mean, so why why fixate on time? You know, you know, you got to lose to win. Let's hurry up these losses. <laughs> you know, you just don't want to feel like you were never in a game. You know what I mean? That's the only concern. Yeah, I want to. I just want to absorb as much Malifaux as possible. You don't want to feel like you're wasting 50 minutes because you lost on turn two, and now you're just flipping stupid cards. You know, so as long exactly. as you can hang yeah, in, yeah. yeah, you'll do well. And then, so I think time is a big barrier. And then two is getting on tilt because you didn't know something. Yeah. He's like, oh, I, I didn't know. I, I lost because of blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you know, who, who has the cards memorized? Like, yeah, I've been trying to read like the cards. More importantly, if you really know your own cards. Yeah, that helps a lot. One thing I've learned, I think, that I was kind of thinking about in my head, and I was like, you know what, for anyone that's new and trying to learn, and I'm trying to do this 
myself. If you want to know your cards and take the first step, just memorize the front of every card. That's a good point. Just memorize the front because a lot of it overlaps. A lot of it has keywords that go in with a lot of other models. Like, don't try to memorize your attack and all the triggers and what suits. Just memorize the front and just flip the card over, look at the back. Like, you should know, try to know the defense, willpower, move. Like, yeah, that's like, that's crazy good advice because when I think about stuff that I forgot, it was never on the back of a card, right? If you're doing an action, you're like, oh, I have my tome trigger. I guess I'll take that. Because you're looking at the card when you do that. It's yeah. the front that you forget always. Yeah. And when you mess up and cheat or something, it's usually because of something on the front of your card too. That's like a big thing. I've been trying to just know the front. I should know how fast each guy moves and whatnot. And the big thing is like, I don't want to move my guy, flip over the card, look at the ranges of the abilities, do that. I should know the, the abilities of my keyword I'm playing. Yeah. How they work. Yeah. That's really good advice. And I also think uh, instead of like looking at opponents' cards and trying to do the same thing, just like learning certain questions is a huge part. Like, what is that model's threat range? You know, that, like you can ask that question. They may not be able to give you the perfect answer because threat ranges in Malifaux can be kind of wild and wonky. I mean, different. Yeah, it's, you know, through your. There's a lot going on there because, you know, there's models that move with their models. So it's like. On his own, it could be, you know, X inches, but then I can move him an extra three if I choose to do that, which is, I might only choose to do that if you, if I need to. And even at the base level, like, uh, there's a huge difference between my threat range that's 17 and my threat range that's 12, because I get the 17 with one attack and I get the 12 with, I'm sorry, I get the 17 with one attack and 12 with two attacks. And two is enough to kill you with these two 13s in my hand. One is not. Yeah. You know? Like those, those are it. huge differences. Um, so like the threat range question is, is, is like somewhat valuable, but not like massively valuable. Like learning, uh, maybe the better question is like, do you have ways to push this model? Do you yeah. have ways to move this model? Especially if you have a scheme, you know, that's reliant on mm -hmm. them not moving like that. Can you move, uh, do you have any ways to move a model outside of its activation? Yeah, that's a decent question. And the question I always ask um, is, what is that model's defensive tech? Yeah, I was about to just say that. Defensive tech. Like, just yeah. anything that will make it harder to land a hit or reduce the damage it takes from my hit. Like, And that's a pretty easy thing to learn. Yeah. If you learn the front of your card, because... Like, I, I, I've played a shit ton of Parker, and I don't know how many times somebody said, what does he have defensively? I'd just be like... He's a six six with fourteen health. <laughs> like that's all he's got, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I think learning those and learning to ask that question is important. Then you don't really have to look at their cards. Like, yeah, don't fixate on getting got if you like know those questions. Yeah, no one should really be hiding anything. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tricky thing with this this game because there are obfuscated goals, but everything about the game is is open information except for those, you know what yeah. I mean? So, <laughs> you know, you can get like people thinking that it's, it's a little bit of game of trap cards, but uh, everything's open information, you know, you have to, and I think everyone I've ran into in, in like certain tournaments and stuff like that have been pretty accommodating with that. Like the last event I, I, I played in, it, even in the finals of the event, I asked this guy, um, do you have any way to move Shen Long? And he's like, no. 
And so I went and I did with an I did an activation, and he's like, "Oh, I forgot, you know, my model's buried right here, uh, and he can actually move him after I unbury him." Oh yeah. And he's like, "But you can you can take that back." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, thank you." So I, we you know we just rewound. And I think most people are quite sportsmen around that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's really good, especially like in a new game. Like I'm. Yeah. You know, everyone needs to be like that. If you want to finish the game, you can't. I feel like hide anything from your opponent not that also it's just not the right thing to do but like try to give your opponent more information it'll help them make decisions so you can make the activations that you need to make to maybe score and maybe finish the game yeah. it might win you the game and i think this is a value that we both learned from war machine around you know that type of behavior uh, not only makes you a more a better player but it can give you a little bit more uh, value for your wins like if you know your win came from you playing clean, giving your opponent all the information, and you just had the best strategy, and you just played it better on the day, then not only are you a better player, but you feel better about your wins. And I think that's a, a war machine value that we've both sort of inherited that I think. Yeah. Yeah, like I've harped on Craig's podcast about clean play, clean play <laughs> quite a bit. But yeah. yeah, you've heard me bitch about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was I was coming off some some traumatic games, so that's my excuse. <laughs> yeah, we've all we've all had our you know games, especially in War Machine, where it's in a game where you have to like you know you could just win the game on the spot through an assassination. It's like and somebody maybe moves their model very loosely. Yeah, sloppy ass flops. Ugh. You know, just flopping I models all over the complain table. Complain about flops all day. <laughs> anyway. So what else do so I mentioned the time I mentioned the questions. What was my third one? I don't know. Another thing I'm kind of like I I will even probably say to my opponents at the start of a game that I'm a new a newish player. You should, yeah. Just because I want to I want to just tell them like if I do something stupid like against the rules or something dumb, just like i'm not trying to cheat just say hey dummy you can't do that you know you need you yeah can, and just tell me and then i'll oh okay my bad like so i just want to be open about that so no one thinks i'm trying to cheat cheat yeah. basically yeah i think uh you if you come with an open attitude people will be pretty accommodating i've played with a lot of that we're going to the jackson we're going to jacksonville florida and i played with a decent amount of those guys in in, in gilball actually and they're, oh, yeah. they're, okay. they're chill they're cool oh cool I, like I played them at Crucible like two years ago, at least one of them, and he had the most awful luck I've ever seen in a game of Guild Ball, and was still completely like, <laughs> like not tilt. He was tilted, but he wasn't like angry about it. He's like, okay, yeah, let's keep going, <laughs> you know, like which is a, you know a sign of a sign of a good player and like with a good attitude. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of that, and like when I used to play Magic, like players like especially in Magic, around is a it's you play. It's first to two wins, yeah. so you're usually playing, you know, two or th maybe three games. So, like losing the first game, like it's just like you can't let it tilt the rest of your 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 round. Mm -hmm. Like if you just if you especially if you lose for like a a dumb reason, like you don't draw your lands or whatever, you don't draw the right cards, or like your deck is is a machine that's like it's designed to do something, and if you just don't draw the cards to do what you're supposed to do, you can't just let like each game is a new game. Yeah, you can't take that personally. You have to take it. It's a fresh slate. You just have to go through it and just make the best decisions. Yeah. And that kind of also carries into like if you if you lose the if I lose the first round of this tournament, I just need to just 
start over like okay next round it's just try to win the next one yeah and i mean like we're playing games where one person win and one person loses like yeah losing is part of the game i definitely see people like there was this discussion about strength of schedule on awp like yesterday and you could definitely t- tell that some people's opinions of where they landed in a, in a roster you know like say you had a 12 person event and you got six that you're the sixth best player but I just completely don't see tournaments like that at all. It's like, I think every single tournament is a, any given Sunday kind of thing. And if you play, but you know, it's, if you play good and you, you know, you meet sort of your luck conditions, then you'll win the event. But if you, you know, if you don't meet the luck conditions, if you don't play good, it doesn't mean that you're a bad player. It's just mean, Today you were sixth place player, you know. It doesn't yeah. mean that you should feel worse about you as a person or anything like that. And I think that's what because I'm discussing this in the context of that uh, strength of schedule discussion, which is like, you know, well this person got six, but he's actually the fourth best player in our area. It's like, what well, it doesn't matter? Like, he was the sixth best player today. Like, yeah, I mean, the game has variance in it it's and i think a, a new player going to a tournament you 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 know if you get last you're not the worst player you're not the worst gameplay guy <laughs> on the event you just you know you got last today that's okay but anyway let, let's talk about uh, something more concrete like uh scheme selection i think that is where uh new players fumble more than any uh area in Malifaux. Absolutely, yeah. Is picking the right schemes. I know, uh, you know, just three games in, you can, you can Yeah, even that. even in the last game we played, I know I picked the wrong scheme. And you, basically, we, we talked about it already, about how I didn't pick hold hold up in, in that game, and I should have. And if you would have picked it, it would have just been free points. And I think... Yeah, it would have been even more of just more secure. So I think going into uh, your first event, just thinking about scheme selection in terms of uh, what your crew can do and can't do is an important sort of goal. Because if you sit down at the table and you realize you can't do what you were planning to do because your opponent has these immovable models or, you know, like even guild, there's like an upgrade where you can't move the model. Like say you wanted to take, take prisoner, but now they have that upgrade on that model. Well, you have to have like a a second game plan because otherwise you just lost at scheme selection. Yeah. So I think building one thing I learned pretty quickly is that uh, when I build a crew for an individual round, knowing the round ahead of time, I want to at least be able to score every scheme in the pool, even if I'm not going to take it. And I think not being able to score a scheme really hamstrings you based off the individual matchups you're going to come up against. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Like I think in my list, like I might, I'm a, I think one of them. Like I, I don't see myself scoring, but that's so. I think it's more of a weakness of Neverborn. Maybe like some of them are just seem really hard as Neverborn. Some are very hard in general, or very hard in general. Yeah, but I'm sure you know. There's some factions that. Certain ones are easier. Yeah. And identifying schemes that you can like always do regardless of the opponent is like an important like hold up can be done regardless of the opponent if you are a summoner. Yeah. Like you I can always can. do it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean Yeah. It may require too many resources in a way that makes you lose the game, but being able to being able to do something is always better than not being able to do something. Yeah. 
I think. Having, just having it's why option. I hate it's why I hate vendetta because so many things can go wrong uh, in a way that makes it where you cannot score that. Like they can just accidentally kill the model. You know, they can, you can accidentally uh, do something where they kill their own model. Like so many things can happen that go wrong in a way that makes it where you are not going to get not only one, but two points. Yeah. I don't really like uh, Vendetta. No one really does. It's it's like good for one crew that I have. <laughs> yeah. I think picking your schemes is, is, is a thing that you're going to suck at at the beginning. And one, one of the henchmen in NC was always talking about old Ray. Uh, who's third floor guys? He's, he's constantly talking about like um, with new players. You want to plan on like how do I score four points? How do I score six? How do I score eight? Like how do I how do I make a road? You know, in my individual development to scoring eight eventually. And I think that's a pretty good strategy. If you sit down at a pool, you know, let's say it's the corrupted idols pool that we're playing round one, and it's like how do I score four this game? I'm going to have to put this model here and this model here to contest the two points for I need for the strat. I'm going to have to summon enough where I can get this first point to hold up. And I'm just going to go ahead and take deliver a message because that's just the first point is easy. The second point is incredibly hard. But if I get some points, it's better than having no points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah. And I think that's a decent strategy for a newer player because like just losing by a lot sucks yeah so i'm gonna t i guess since you know this is gonna come out after the tournament i don't have to worry about people hearing what what um what oh it's scooping your strats i'm gonna take yeah. <laughs> um i guess i could talk about it now and then the next episode after the event like we could talk about if they changed or not yeah that would be kind of interesting to see so yeah so round one is corner deployment corrupted idols we have power ritual claim jump Hold up their forces, detonate charges, and search the ruins. I'm definitely playing Dreamer. I don't really have any other list available to me I think I would play. Or I don't even know if there's a better one. Maybe some Zoraida crew or something, but that's a long way from that's, now. Yeah, that's not in my scope right now. As far as something I can play like a full game with. Yeah. But um, yeah, so my list, I'm playing Dreamer. I'm probably bringing... The only core things really are probably some some daydreams and some stitched and then the rest is kind of up to whatever they're playing what they might be playing but i probably have like you know i have a little chompy bits i have um probably capellius i kind of like him he's he's pretty strong he can kind of i feel like he's good at killing others he can scheme run and kill other things trying to scheme run he's really fast and he and he also adds to the movement being able to like push models away from him yeah friendly models just like rocket things up i feel like the in the game we played that worked really well and then i'm gonna in the game we played i took claim jump which was horrible but i for some reason i thought i could get it and then i took search which is like pretty pretty easy to score it seems like one of the easiest ones yeah. to score so in this event i'm probably gonna take hold up hold up and search yeah if i can have a little aside about claim jump i think that a lot of people uh take it because it's so simple it's like i just have to go to the middle but the conditions in which you have to satisfy once you get there are quite strenuous uh, but i think a lot of people are taking it because they're not finishing their games and in order to score the second point you don't have to score the first so like even if you don't get the first point 
if you're just in the center at the end of your three freaking turn game, then I guess you get that second point. But I don't think that's a good way to play Malifo. Like, I don't think you yeah. should plan on playing short games. Do you think you should have to score the first point to score the second point in all the strat schemes? No, because I don't think balanced decisions should be made off people not finishing their games. Like, I think it's I think it's a perfectly balanced scheme uh, if you play five turns. Uh, yeah, and it's it, I I think it's not even I think it's probably a bad I, I I never take it I've taken it like twice. Um, Me too. I, I think it's very difficult games. to score the first point and somewhat easy to score the second point. And if you unless you got a specific crew like Mei Fang who can just jump to the center or blah blah blah, like Zip they can jump to the center. Certain like certain super fast flying crews. I think it's very difficult to guarantee that you'll be in that specific position, which is two from the center and three from an enemy. The enemy just has to know to stand near the center and you can never score it. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Without pushes and, and weird stuff, which I, I think like you've mentioned before, is, is sort of giving options to your opponent where you're sort of hoping that they are ignorant enough to not stand near the center, which I don't think is. Yeah. They should smart. be, you have to assume you're, if it's in the pool, they're, your player, your opponent is going to be aware of that. Yeah. And it's one of the only schemes that rewards you going to the middle. So when your shooting model takes two walk actions towards the middle, it's like, oh, well, that's obvious coin jump. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's kind anyway. of. Yeah. So anyway. what do you think for round two? Round two, it's flank deployment, plant explosives. We have vendetta, hold up, deliver, breakthrough, and outflank. Yeah. I think this one I'm just taking Dreamer again. I think it's just he's he's pretty decent at plant. I feel like I feel like if I can get up depending on what I'm playing against, if I can get in a position where I can kind of tie up and try to like deny their plants while I do mine. I'm definitely gonna take hold up their forces again. Because that's like part of me denying their plant is me just Oh, it's in that pool too? Damn. Yeah, it's in both of it's in round one and two. I think so, um yeah, I think that's a good dreamer pool. So my first thoughts about you taking Dreamer there is that Capellius is going to be a, a really good take there. Yeah, I think that's where I take Outflank as well. Hell yeah. I was going to say Outflank hold up in, in your Golden. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people also like to take Outflank for the same reason I mentioned about Claim Jump and that it's just easy. You just have to, there's no caveats. There's just go there. Um, and Dreamer obviously plays super well into that because if they go to the corners, all you have to do is force a willpower duel, and now you've got the corner as well. Yeah. And I think Capellius is super strong because he's fast. Obviously, he's going to draw bombs, yeah. but he's he can kill other bomb carriers in melee, which is the X factor in a very close plant game is that if you have something that can be fast enough to kill those scheme guys and pick up the bomb so not like a range model yeah um that can be an x factor in stealing a point from them and getting a point for you which is pretty swingy yeah i, f I just feel like dreamer's really good because if i have like capellius and i have yeah <laughs> yeah that's it he's just i feel like he's just really, really good all right in discussion we're done no more swamp fiends peace he's out i just feel like you know with the summoning and i can use these like strong my strong models my capellius my um lord chompy bits to kind of get the outflank and if i can get a, a summon off there uh -huh. also i could i could probably like you know i'm score i could score outflank with my summons and then 
relocate those two strong pieces elsewhere if i can win those sides yeah and because it's flank um those corners are where most of the bombs will go yeah too so you kind of have to go there to contest bombs anyway so you might as well score out flank while you're there yeah what about round three round three it's a wedge deployment reckoning take prisoner harness the ley line breakthrough power ritual search the ruins this one is really tough i feel like for me i've never played reckoning yeah this is a tough pool my fear is if i pick a list that is really good at reckoning i will have a hard time scoring my schemes hell yeah so this pool i don't like uh, you may have to read it back to me but i think it was reckoning and wedge with four scheme marker schemes is that right it's got search breakthrough power ritual and harness and harness oh my take prisoner is... and take prisoner that's so weird yeah, i don't know so take prisoner is obviously you know weird and reckoning because you don't want to leave stuff alive if you don't have to yeah and then four ski marker ones and they're like and because it's wedge breakthrough and power ritual are almost impossible for certain factions because you can't run to those corners like that yeah that's I feel pretty tough with that one. I don't really know which schemes I'm going to take. I think I take search just because it's it's hard having like almost no models that drop schemes from abilities. At yeah. least very low in comparison to other factions. It makes this pull really hard. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm going to take there. But this is I'm, where I'm I, probably just going to like I think I take Pandora. Yeah, because I think with Pandora, I think I can make it very hard to kill my guys. Maybe I don't really know. I think I see this one of two ways. You can either like lean. I think because this pool is so difficult, it's for like I could play Parker in it, and it would be okay. Like even for my faction, it's quite difficult. Um that I think you can either lean really hard into the reckoning or re- lean really hard into the schemes. You could just be like, I'm going to take Dreamer and I'm going to summon like crazy and I'm going to definitely score Search, uh, both points, and I'm going to score Take Prisoner because on something that's like a, a hard-to-kill enforcer because they're only worth one point anyway. And if you can find two points in reckoning, you'll still win that game. Because the third point in Reckoning is is very hard for every crew. Because it's either you have to kill a Master or you have to kill like three Enforcers or sometimes a Henchman and an Enforcer or something. Yeah, it um, seems really hard. So I think if you went Dreamer and then you just angled for two Reckoning points, I think you, and then three Scheme, like that would be a pretty competitive play. Uh, or you just go, like you said, something else where you just bring a master and five enforcers like everybody else. Is that what's so common? That only have... That's that's generally like the way to play Reckoning is to have an insignificant totem, a good BD master, and then like five enforcers slash minions, Damn. and then upgrades and stones because that way you're only bringing eight possible Reckoning points, which is you have to be tabled to lose to give them four reckoning points yeah like mathematically i think <laughs> yeah i don't know my list i think actually has two henchmen but yeah henchmen are the rough part i, I think don't they're worse than master. i mean like a second master no if changing it is right i don't know 
I have to think about it more, and I'm not gonna. I don't know if I'll get the chance to play a game of Reckoning before, which is kind of, kind of stinks. But it is mostly just killing, so it's like, yeah, it's kind of dumb. The least like, I think if there's yeah. one I'm not gonna practice, it needs it should be that one for sure. So. The the only X factor about Reckoning that you sometimes don't realize until you get to the table is that, um, because the strategy does not force any forward movement. Reckoning games can kind of devolve into both of us just standing in our deployment zone. Um, that's the only weird thing about Reckoning. Yeah. Considering these dead dish schemes, too, that might games might devolve into that. For I know. Sure. None of these pools have assassinate. That's one thing I did notice. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's a easy scheme for a new player because you just like kill the scary thing. The, yeah. <laughs> so. Which is totally easy to do. I mean, like it's totally a like a there's a path to that goal. Yeah. For sure. All right, I think that's I think that pretty much wraps us up here in prepping for the first one. So maybe yeah, you know, next one we'll talk about what we learned. We didn't talk about what I'm going to take and I I don't know. What are you um, going to take? Just hit us with yeah. it. My current well like if I was going to try and just get just get first place, it would be like it's a pretty easy Terra Terra levy get a uh, series. Like I could pretty easily win not win the event. I don't know who's coming, but it would be fairly easy to be really competitive going Terry Terry Levy. But my goal for the end of the year, you know, in October, if I'm going to Masters, and I think I've, I'm pretty close to mathematically qualifying, I think. Uh, not Masters, Invitational, whatever it is. My goal in the time between now and then is to figure out a way for Outcast to deal with certain Thunders Masters. Uh, because right now, it's a difficult matchup for Levy. It can be difficult for Terra because it's so fast and those are my two S tier masters so um I think each event up until now I'm going to be just sort of fishing for answers so yeah I think Jack Dahl has promise Parker has some promise Hamlin even has some promise I don't know we'll figure it out yeah one of my biggest one of the biggest um fears I have is that this is going to be the first time I play against someone that isn't you so you know there's different like you said there's different types of players and and whatnot so i don't really know what to expect and also just not i haven't played against any other factions i've only played against outcasts so i've only seen neverborn and outcast well i've I played uh euripides against oh. you oh, yeah. <laughs> but that, that didn't just, that was just a crazy weird that's game. just your faction too i kind of yeah. forgot about that one yeah i would try not to uh... Yeah, you might run into a dick. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that Always Sunny episode. <laughs> I don't know if you watch that show, but Charlie's like, "I've never left Philadelphia before. Are we gonna like run into a dick?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, there might be some dicks, but <laughs> you know, I'll look out for you, buddy." Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of like that. It's like, yeah, there might be a dick, but who cares? I'm not really worried about someone, you know, being a dick. It's more like I just I'm gonna see some faction or some guy's gonna play some way and i'm just not gonna know how to respond to it oh yeah you could face somebody who's just gonna like like you might stump he might stump me with something yeah. like you know he might have a different tactic than you maybe he plays like like you said maybe he plays very aggressive and i'm just like oh like what do i do yeah you could play against some like shinlong player with like asinori and they're just gonna like alpha strike super hard and like they have a lot of stuff yeah like that's like one of the factions I just hope I don't play against because they have a lot of a lot going on. I feel like. Oh yeah. Like I guess they all do, but like for some reason, Ten Thunders to me is just like, I don't know. 
Maybe because I just listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, my hot take for for faction tier levels right now is that Outcasts and Ten Thunders are the top of it because they give the least information when you declare a faction. Like when I declare Outcast, you like the difference between Terra and Levy is so massive in terms of what I'm going to do and what I'm trying to accomplish and how I go about doing it. And I think Ten Thunders are the same way. There's something so massively different between like Shenlong and uh, what's the summoner? You know, what's her stupid name? Asami. And yeah, Yoko. you definitely can like cover so different. They do cover a lot of bases, I guess, yeah. both of those factions. Where I feel like in Neverborn, sometimes I feel like, I don't know, I don't have, really just like, just not having the, any way to drop schemes, basically, like outside of doing the interact action. Yeah, my, yeah. There's a couple, but some of them, they're kind of odd. Yeah, I guess uh, going into Neverborn, I could uh, be sure that there's going to be like a fast melee beater. You know, you, there's going to be no guns. You know, that's... That's pretty much what Neverborn is. Going into Arcanist, there's probably going to be some form of armor. You know, going into Guild, yeah. there's going to be maybe a mix of guns, probably some armor. You know, but going into Thunders and Outcast, there's a, a, there's almost nothing telegraphed. Bayou, they're going to have squishy models, but a lot of really high damaging models. Yeah, it's like it's pretty diverse with Outcast and Thunders at the moment. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add before we go? Um, just that, you know, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to talk about my experience once we get done with the tournament. Yeah, it's going to be sick. And I just yeah. hope I don't play against you because <laughs> you're like the only person I play against. Yeah. And I just, I'd like, I think it'd be really cool if I got to face like three different factions that I never played before or even a yeah. mirror would be cool. All right. Sounds good. Later kids. Later.